Welcome to the Normalizing Millions podcast. I'm a mama of two little girls, owner of a seven-figure and growing coaching company, and I'm your host, Taylor Lee. My mission is to normalize women making millions from work that feels absolutely effortless. Your work changes lives, and with my help getting it into the hands of more people, your life can radically change too. Just don't blink, because with the right tools and advice, all of which me and my incredible guests will share with you in each and every episode, it can change fast. All right, let's dive in to this week's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited for this episode today and for you guys to meet, if you haven't met her before, Shireen's son. Hi, Shireen. Hi, Taylor. I'm so excited to be here. I always love getting to hang out with you and have awesome conversations with you. Oh my gosh. I always love every time we get to connect. We connected, I can't, way back when, I feel like I, when I think back to that time for me, I'm like, oh my God, I was such a baby. (laughs) Um, But it was such a fun experience working with you then. And then it's just been so great to like, you know, keep in touch and be a part of some of the stuff that you've done and then now bring you onto the podcast. And so feel like Mm. we've supported each other from afar for a long time. Thank you so much for bringing that up. I forgot about that in this moment that you were, when I worked with you, you were 21 and I was like 25. So I felt like a baby too, but comparatively I was older than you. However, you were the first coach that took me past six figures. So I hired you and I, I tell this story a lot of times where Um, I was, I had my back up against a wall. I didn't know how I was going to pay my rent. And in the last moment, I decided to hire you, put it on a whim. It was like so affordable at that time. And I got unlimited access to you at that time. Um, and it totally worked out and I ended up hitting my first six figures and then some, and I've sustained that ever since. So I credit you for that. Thanks, Taylor. Oh my gosh. That makes me so happy. I love that. (laughs) And I love getting to hear it now. Like, how, like, I don't even know how many years, like years later. It's so, so, so cool. So aw, that's the best. Yeah. Um, why don't you take a second just to tell people a little bit about you and what you do? Awesome. Yes. Thank you for having me, Taylor. So hi, everybody. My name is Shireen Sun. I'm an artist. I'm a creativity mentor. I'm an art educator. I'm an author. I'm also a brand strategist. So all things creativity, I'm here to help you unlock your creativity and use it to make every area of your life more you and more unique and more more sparkly. So that's what I do. I've been doing this for approximately, gosh, since I was 18 years old, I've been an art educator. So coming up on like 17, 20 years that I've been helping people to unlock their creativity and actually see themselves as artists. Um, I started out as an activist and I was using creativity to go into communities that have experienced trauma and paint murals with people. That's what I did before I had a business. And then when my nonprofit wasn't paying the bills, that's when I came into entrepreneurship and I started my own business to just teach creativity far and wide. And so that's what I do. I help you share your create and share your art. Oh my gosh. So cool. You're so cool. That's why I love you. I just love what you do. And congratulations on your book, your Radiant Wild Heart book. Like, I'm so excited for you with this. Thank you so much. Yes, my book just came out at the time of recording this, came out 
maybe a week ago, a little bit more than a week ago. You can't see this, everybody, but I'm showing it to Taylor on screen. It's very pretty. <laughs> and most importantly, it's filled with art. I don't know if you've seen this yet, Taylor, but it's just yes. absolutely colorful. Um, so I'm really proud of this book. I, If you have dreams of writing a book, I just want to say that this was the most transformational thing I've ever done in my life. I actually got a traditionally published book deal from Hay House by winning a contest. I won a writer's contest and I got my first wow. book. Yeah. So um, that's been my foot in the door into the publishing industry. And I'm super excited to create more and more things in this way. Oh my gosh. That's so cool. No, I have the book. I've read through the intro and a little bit through the first chapter, just to be real with everyone. I can't read that fast. Okay. But I got it like right when it, they sent out the pre-orders last week and it, you mentioned to me that it was really colorful and pretty. And when I got it, I was like, Oh, it's really colorful and pretty like, and the pages feel nice. And like, i I hope that you're so proud of it. Cause it's just like, even just looking at it. And I know you wrote in there and one part of it of like, even if this book just sits on the shelf for a few months, I know it's going to bring you this amazing, I forget exactly what you said, but like this beautiful energy that I poured into it. And I'm like, yeah, I so feel that. Um, and it's really good so far. I, I don't like, if I'm being very honest, I don't know if it's, which is why I'm really excited to talk about it a little bit. I don't know if the topic is something I would have normally like gravitated to and bought, but I, I am going to finish reading. It. I'm like, Oh, this is like actually really good. I knew it would be good because it's you, but it's like, Oh, this is really good. And I'm actually interested. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Totally. I mean, not everybody identifies as an artist and that is the yeah. problem that the book is solving. So there's a lot of people who may see the title and say, oh, I'm not an artist. This isn't for me. But what I would argue, and this goes for you too, Taylor, is that of course you're an artist. Everything you're doing is so creative. We're making creative choices all the time, especially in our businesses, especially when we're developing our brands, when we're creating our courses. It's all art, if you ask me. And so, and I also love that you highlighted the way the pages feel. I'm very proud of just like how, because I'm very neuro expansive, I like to say. So like things that are text that's too small, paper that feels too scratchy, like I just can't. And this book feels really good in your hands. I wanted it to feel like a treasure. I wanted it to be something that you could put on your altar. I wanted it to be something you could just flip through and find a message at any moment. And I'm really happy with how it came out. And I'm really grateful to my publisher for helping me make exactly what I envisioned. So it's hard to tell people exactly how magical it is. You kind of have to hold it in your hands and open it up and flip through the pages. It's very, especially in this online world, I found it difficult to convey the magic until you actually feel it. This is a book, while you can get it in audiobook or Kindle, all those things, I highly recommend the physical copy because it's just very special. Oh yeah. The, the photos that are like before the chapters, if you're like me, I am not an expert tarot card reader or anything like that, but I love getting card decks, like when they're just beautiful. And like, that's like, when I'm looking at the photos, I'm like, Oh my gosh, you could just like stare at these. <laughs> yes. They're, they're, like you could put them up on your wall if you wanted. They're so beautiful. Yeah. I feel very blessed because I got to, hire my favorite artist. And I didn't actually hire yeah. them. My publisher hired them. So I got to be involved in every single part of the process, including um, exactly what was on those images. And my publisher basically commissioned my favorite artist to make like 12 art pieces. 
that are exactly to my specifications for this book. So that in itself is such a huge blessing. And it was just amazing to get to be a, it it was such a um, co-creative process. So this is not just me. I'm the creator of it, but so many people's hands are a part of making this book what it is. So I'm really grateful for the visuals and the artists that were involved. There's multiple that are actually a part of the book. That's awesome. And you you kind of answered a little bit of this, but one thing I wanted to ask you is like, what really inspired this book? And like, how did you know now was the time to write it? So part of it was winning that contest. But I mean, what else do you have to say there? And I'm so curious not to throw like 10 million questions at you at once, but what like what did it feel like to win the contest where you were like did you feel like ready to go let's do this or did you kind of feel like oh no like i have to really do this now like what did, what was that like okay so i love that you're asking these questions because like i'm saying this writing a book has been the absolute most transformational journey i've ever been on so i got the i decided i wanted to write a book before i got the book deal it was maybe like a couple years before one of the business coaches that I was working with, who was actually who wrote the foreword, she's much more than a business coach. She's an author and an artist. She invited me to join her private mentorship to, to write a book. And I was, this is my favorite author who was inviting me to join a mentorship to write a book. I was very young at that time. This was quite some time ago. And I had always wanted to write a book. I had always been drawn to her books, which are incredibly colorful and magical. But I also had all of those inner critics that come up. I was like, who's going to want to hear a book from me? Do I even have anything to say? I talked to some friends at the time. One in particular was like, oh, honey, you're too young to write a book. You you need to embody your wisdom a little bit more. And (laughs) that really stuck with me. So I was thinking I'm too young now to write a book, which I know is something you've probably experienced as well on our journeys. And the first few, the first two years, I basically spent that entire program with this person who I wasn't even writing. I was so afraid to actually put pen to page. I was so afraid to tell my story. I would talk about the collective and I would talk about business and I would talk about all sorts of things that were not actually my story. And my story is very unique in all of our stories are very unique, but I was afraid to go there because I didn't think it mattered that much. So Mm. eventually someone told me about this contest. Hey House, Hey House is my publisher in case anyone knows. They're like, you know, the magical top magical publishers. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've always wanted to be published by Hey House. I love card decks. I'm going to make a card deck next, actually. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I'll be pre-ordering that too. Let me know when it's out. (laughs) Um, So I've always aspired to be published by them because all my favorite card decks come from them. And I was like, okay, of course I'm doing this. And this contest specifically was for BIPOC authors. So people of color authors. So I was like, okay, I'm all over this. Let's do it. Um... I did not, I was quite afraid at first, but once I got there, I just turned on the manifestation powers. And those of you who are listening probably know what I'm talking about. I'm talking affirmations, vision boards, meditation, visualization, putting it on my altar. Like just, I was full on mind, body, spirit. I was going to win this contest. Taylor, I think you know oh that I'm talking about. Yes. <laughs> it's the same energy you all have when you're launching your offers and creating incredible results by not just doing the work, but also 
bringing the magic, bringing the belief, bringing the mindset. So I did not have the space to entertain the idea that I wasn't going to win the contest. And in fact, I had an accountability buddy, Asha Frost. I have her deck here too. Um, we were manifesting that we would win together, which is not actually how it was supposed to work. There was supposed to be one winner, but we were like, we're both winning this. She's an indigenous medicine woman. So she was bringing her magic. I was bringing mine. And in the end, they ended up picking two winners, both of us. And now no she's way. On, she's on like, she's <laughs> done one book, two card decks and so much more. She's like full on career in publishing at this point. Um, wow, which is so powerful is to see an indigenous medicine woman who's able to step into the into the publishing space because it's a notoriously hard space to get into um, an inaccessible yeah. space. So once I won, then reality set in and I had to actually write the book, which um, I'm <laughs> grateful to my publishers, actually, because, as you know, I've been teaching creative business, creative projects up until now, but my publishers were like, we don't, we think your medicine is for more than only entrepreneurs. We think there's lots of people who could benefit from learning how to, what I've been calling, live your creative mission. So mm -hmm. they said, okay, thanks for the book proposal. Now please go write it again without the, the business aspect of it and just make it a creativity book, which was the words that I had been needing to hear this entire time I've been in business. That is something that no business coach ever told me that I needed to hear was don't teach how to sell your creativity and sell your offers, which is what I was doing. I was like helping people find their creative offers and then helping them market and strategize and sell it, which is all important. But there's something to be said of just accessing your creativity just for your own healing, just for your own self-actualization. Mm -hmm. So that was what I needed to hear. And then I had to rewrite the book. It's been a very arduous process. Um, and the pandemic happened, of course. So that was in 2019. Um, so it's, and then supply chain issues and all the things. So wow. this journey has been everything all at once, but I wrote myself in these pages. And by the end of it, I knew that everything needed to shift and anything that was out of alignment anything that needed to be healed. It's all been happening in this process. And not to mention just a whole new level of visibility that's quite spooky, but also amazing. Quite spooky. Oh my horrible, gosh. All the things we're afraid of. But yes, it's awesome at the same time. And it's been really fun too. That's so cool. And so it sounds like that conversation and maybe some other things maybe have inspired like a bit of a shift with your actual business. Totally. Totally. I'm in a fun space right now where I'm kind of in no man's land. Like I shut down my mastermind. I'd been running an incredible mastermind for seven years. It's called the Muse Business Academy. In fact, you mm -hmm. were probably the first person to help me share that offer. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been running it for seven years, nonstop, rolling basis, hundreds of graduates. Um, it's an incredible program. And I finally shut it down. And it took me like about a year to actually get it shut down because of all the complicated moving parts that had ha had developed over the last seven years. I think sometimes our businesses just kind of get away from us in this quest to scale. And that totally happened mm -hmm. to me. At one point, I had part-time employees and just a huge overhead and lots of clients. And each client is like a lot of energy and love that gets poured into each one. So it's been very all consuming. And 
I needed to write a book and I needed to make space. I also need to just open up myself to possible speaking gigs or just other other opportunities to really reach people with this offering that I feel like is a gift to the world. So yeah, there's been a pivot and transitioning lots of clients. And I'm just in this open space. My business has completely shifted. I don't 100% know what's next. There's a lot of options. I feel like I can create anything I want. And luckily, I have so much incredible business skill sets to draw upon. Um, but I'm just excited. Now I'm I'm thinking of things beyond just the quote unquote coaching industry. You and I have been very in this coaching industry bubble where a lot of the same things are happening and people practicing the same um, like business strategies and things like that. So it's nice for me to let myself out of that box. I didn't even realize that I had myself in a coaching industry box. So to just like open it up and be like, okay, despite what all the other coaches are doing, despite what all the other business coaches have taught me, what do I want to do? And that is something I feel like has been missing in a lot of the work that I had been doing with a lot of business coaches, not including you. But <laughs> I feel like my own personal desires, I was so disconnected to them because I needed to be yeah. in my practices to know what those are. And without that, I just had everyone telling me 20 figure or 20 figure. Uh, yeah. 20 K months, hundred K months, um, scale, seven figure business. Like none of that though, when I really sat down to think about it is who I have actually always been before the coaching industry. Before this, I was an activist. I was building communities. I was an artist. I was painting in the streets. So I feel like I just over time in the coaching industry got further and further away from that. It was when I hired employees for the first time i felt it and i was mm. like i hate this <laughs> and i then i started just like changing everything and scaling down back to who i was when i was 25 before i had all the complication it was just me and my laptop and the world and a microphone and so i've been scaling back and just very open to what wants to come to me but of course now i have all this amazing um, business savvy that I can bring to it. So I no yeah. longer have to be a broke artist, which is what I was before the coaching industry also. Yeah. I mean, I love how you put that, how you said, like, kind of going back to who you were before. Plus, not really, because you also have like grown so much and have all these lessons. And but literally, that's how I feel. I'm like, I literally feel like some of these changes that I'm making are taking me back so like the first few years of business Isn't that and it so is so weird. It's the weirdest feeling. And like, you know, you're like you said, like you don't know exactly what this is going to look like or, or any of that, but I'll tell you, I am the reason I've started like sharing it and talking about it and like wanting to bring more people on the podcast who are in similar shifts is because it's, it's interesting behind the scenes everybody that I'm talking to is literally going through it. They all feel crazy. They all feel alone. And it's like, mm. there's something collectively happening. That's That's been the gift for me as a business coach, talking to so many women in business. It's like, oh, okay. There's something going on universe. I see you. Like, <laughs> Yeah. And I think it sounds like a very good thing overall, because we're yes. all really stepping up our practices, getting into more integrity, I think it's been very interesting to see 
Whereas at first, those of us who were teaching like coaching businesses may have felt a little defensive or something. I think over time for me, I started to realize, wait, this way of doing things has actually been oppressive for me. It's actually been causing harm to me. It's actually been um, taking me further and further away from what really makes me feel fulfilled. So it's only a good thing to really assess your own business practices and see if it's really making you happy. Like I had to do some number crunching and be like, okay, well, I've been working around the clock and maybe I've made more, but I'm also spending a lot more on all of this stuff that has gotten fancier and fancier. And when it was just me at 25 with a laptop, I was taking home not even that much less, but I was keeping, or I mean, I was keeping a lot more of it, basically. Yeah. I was making less, I was keeping more. So also I was just having more sparkle and more magic. I was more connected to myself because I wasn't just looking around at what I'm supposed to be doing in the coaching yeah. industry. And I have air quotes going on. Um, I think a lot of those tactics are kind of tired. They're not working anymore. And people want authenticity. We've been wanting it, but it's at like a whole new level where if you're just selling fluff, it's not going to go very far because people are expecting more embodiment, integrity, honesty. I don't think we want to see just the the flashy businesses. I've heard my friends talk about this too. Like the flat, quote unquote, flashy business is not so strongly what we desire because it comes at a cost. And I've been sitting with the cost because yeah. it's great to make all this money. And I too was making incredible money. And at the same time, I needed to really sit with what was the cost on my spirit? What was the cost on my body? What was the cost on my mental health? So I think it's just very important to get honest and real with yourself because business can look so many different ways. It does not have to look one specific way. And there is a way to do it in a way that actually helps you feel more embodied, more aligned, more energized, passionate. I feel like my passion was starting to go somewhere. And someone like me who lives off of that, that was very disorienting to start to feel like I was uninspired for the first time in my life. Yeah. And like, I don't know, outside looking, it's always easier, like just looking at someone else, right? Like if I were to think about this for myself, I'd be like, I have no idea. But like outside looking in, it's like, I can see for you. And like for a lot of people that I have in mind that I've had conversations with, it's like, well, yeah, you have these amazing gifts and skills that first of all, I know you're an incredible, super smart businesswoman too, but you have all these other gifts and skills that like are totally unrelated to business can be used in business, but don't need to be either. And I just think like the whole world is like waking up to wanting these things. So it's a, I, I kind of think a lot of the conversations I'm having, we're being pushed to bring this outside of the industry. It's almost like, A, we've kind of been gatekeeping all these things into like the coaching bubble because that's where people will buy. That's where mm -hmm. the people will spend. Mm -hmm. And like the world really needs it. But I think a lot of us are afraid to like, will like real life everyday people buy this thing, read this book, like, and right. I do think it'll have to change a little because, you know, we've made up a lot of our own rules in the coaching industry, which is really cool. But some of it is a little unrealistic in, in the real world, I think. Pricing and the way we structure programs and whatever might need to change a little. But I think that's what a lot of people are worried about. Like, will people buy it? 
Like, mm-hmm. I think they will. I mean, again, I'm going to go back to how I won this contest. You just got a mind, body, spirit it. So the way I've been thinking about it for myself, because yeah. as I'm sharing this book, it's, I mean, I'm not selling the business coaching programs that were so expensive and were really providing me with the funds that I needed. Now I'm selling a book and the funds to that go to Hay House for the most part. And I'm in this open space. I could sell something and get a bunch of clients and do a group program, but I my spirit doesn't really want to. I kind of want to just keep this open space and see what wants to be created. And I've been looking, whereas for the last seven years, as I've been focused on a business coaching business and on scaling my business, I didn't realize that I was actually just focusing on money, like constantly. Yeah. I was always thinking about money, anxious about money, making money spending money, not having enough money. And my mood would very much be dependent on what kind of money I was bringing in. And if it was enough, like I was always kind of in the survival place around if it was enough or where would the next amount come from? Because yes, we make great money in the coaching industry, but it also goes just as fast with the way that some Mm -hmm. of these prices are structured. Mm -hmm. So I've been thinking about, okay, what would it look like for me to just give myself the opportunity to stop making money the first priority for once for like a few months and focus on the give, focus on the gift, focus on getting this book out to the people who need it. Um, My therapist, shout out to my therapist. I (laughs) mentioned Mother Teresa as an example, or there's other um, Indian femme saints like Ananda Mai Ma that I think about who they just serve. They just help people. They give, they share. And money flows in in abundance because the come from is different. So that's what I've been thinking about. I've been thinking about, okay, what would it look like to like stop worshiping at the altar of money and capitalism and trust that people need this and that I'm going to be supported because of that? Yeah, I love that. I mean, it is. It's interesting because I think. I thought as I was doing this, like money work, money mindset, money manifestation, like then, you know, it's like, yes, society worries about money a lot. Like the everyday person who's in a regular job is also worried about money and has whatever, like a bad money mindset, whatever you want to call it. Right. But it's like, it didn't really go away. I was just also making more and more Mm -hmm. and more, but then it was still like, It's just, I mean, you can make a hundred thousand dollar months and then still feel like, yeah, but then what if it stops? Right. It still feels literally the same in so many ways and not to discredit like how much money can change your life and like the house looks different and the things look different. But like, I think a lot of us become even more stressed and obsessive about money than the everyday person that we were trying to be so different than. (laughs) That resonates for me. It feels like a, a feast or famine kind of vibe, especially when you're so hooked on like a launch cycle. And there's a people don't often acknowledge how much goes into a launch, including time, money, emails, graphics, like posts. It's a lot. And then to simultaneously, but delivering to all your clients, it's, it's for me, I think the word that I've been focusing on has been simplify because Mm -hmm. again, when it was just me and a laptop, there was no ability to overcomplicate things. And I found that 
at the end of the day, these things that I was spending so much time and energy and money on was not actually what was making me money. What was making me money is the same thing that has always made me money, which is my energy and how I show up in the world, my presence. So I think if you can focus on that, and it, it might look different, like maybe you aren't charging 20K for a coaching package right now, but maybe there's another model where if you don't need to make as much necessarily because you don't have all these exorbitant business expenses that maybe there's a whole other approach that could look like. So that's another thing I've been working on is I had um, extremely high overhead for a while there. So I've been working on simplifying all of that and making it so that I don't feel that pressure to like always be on a hamster wheel to hit a super high number in my business. So these are all just things that I've been thinking about. The word simplify has come up a lot for me again, because I had employees to like help do all this stuff. And then I looked at all the things they were doing. I was like, none of this is even necessary. It doesn't have to be so complicated. Did you have anything with that come up? Like, because I've been doing the same thing. Like, I'm like, what is really like, what do I really want to be spending money on? And I've I've let go people on my team that I love who are actually really great friends of mine now, because luckily I did have a good relationship with everyone on my team, but it's like, I don't need to be paying five, $6,000 a month for this. Like, what am I, I don't even need the things you're doing and not like to a discredit to them at all. Like what they do is great and the work they do is great, but like, do I really need it? Do I even want it? How much value is it adding Mm-hmm. And it's been uncomfortable because it's like even evaluating what I spend on coaches because I'm like, I love having coaches. It's been a great experience for me for the most part. And I have undeniably grown a lot as a human since starting my business. And I think a lot of that has been certain coaches that I've worked with that did cost a lot of money. But it's like, how much do I really want to be spending on that? But then for me, it's brought up some like, navigating, not being resentful of money. Also this, this feeling of like, am I now just the one that's having scarcity mindset? Like, like, honestly, that's been what's like going on for me. Totally. Thank you so much for sharing that. It's really always just so helpful when people pull the curtain back and are transparent, because I feel like in our industry, we're often expected to just like part of the marketing strategy is act like everything's so amazing and your life is so easy and everything's so perfect and hire me for X amount because everything's so perfect. And it's always so refreshing to see because you're right. We're all having these conversations. Everybody that I know is having this conversation. Um, So uh, tell me what your original question was because I got a little sidetracked. Just have you, have you noticed, what have you noticed coming up for you in terms of this, as you're decreasing your expenses, reevaluating those things with your, like, I don't even know the words, like just anything around like, Ooh, am I being in scarcity? Am I having like a money mindset issue? Like as you're reevaluating expenses and things like that. Totally. So I've been pretty ruthless because I have been as who I am. I'm queer. I'm non-binary. I'm first-generation American. I don't talk to my family very much because there's issues about the fact that they're we are Muslim American and I'm queer. And there's just all these things that make it so that money is a real thing for me. Like I, I 
can't be so frivolous with it anymore. And I think I, I did have that belief and it had me spending beyond my means. And so when I yes. look at how much money has flown through my business and what I actually like, how much of it I just spent, if you if you look at it from like an objective business perspective, I wasn't thinking about and no one was talking to me about things like profit margins, which are so important. Um, all sorts of things to think about that I'm now thinking about. But I have to wonder with how much I've invested in business coaches, why some of these conversations didn't come up earlier. So I just have been, and I've also been, as I've been pulling myself out of the coaching industry, I've been looking at other industries. Like I agree, some of the service providers that I was working with and that I felt um, codependent on essentially, their pricing was kind of outrageous if you go yeah. outside of this industry. But what I'm more thinking of more than anything else is how I feel inside. If I'm feeling stressed, if I'm feeling survival mode, if I'm feeling... I also had to get connected to what I truly deeply want. And when I got honest with myself, I could give an F about a seven-figure business. And what I've always wanted is to make my art and to share my art and to have space to do that, to heal myself. So I just have to weigh those decisions based on, is it aligned with my true values and priorities or is it somebody else's expectations or somebody else's model of success that I don't even know that I'm taking on without checking in with myself. So for me, when I have huge overhead, even though I can do it and I was doing it for so many months without even really thinking about it, maybe I should think about it a little bit more because at the end of the day, <laughs> then it keeps you on this hamster wheel. And I know that that's yeah. not why any of us got into business. I did not get into business to be a person that has to work just to sustain working. Like that's not who I'm here to be. So I just really had to reassess the business practices, some of them that I had learned and figure out. And I, I did look a lot towards my artist friends who don't have these big fancy businesses and see how they have huge followings and lots of supporters and all sorts of cool things going on. And it's not necessarily by following a cookie cutter coaching model business, but it's from something that's more authentic a lot of the time. Yeah. I think that could be really helpful for a lot of people. Look outside of the industry because there's lots of other ways to do it. And like I said, I don't think it's that like what we're all doing in the coaching industry is bad and it's trying to get burned down. And I think a lot of us are being called to bring our work like outside of the industry, reach more people. So I'm so here for it. One thing I'll say for me is that it's been part of why, if you're someone who teaches business and you're feeling maybe honestly, not so fulfilled, not so happy, or maybe it's not working so well, I would invite you to inquire if that's even really what you want to be teaching. Yes, we can. Yeah. But does that mean that it's really, truly what you want? And so I've talked to a number of people who are in similar places like me, where business coaching is not actually necessarily their full true passion. I know for you, you have a degree in this and this is like who you are and this is and that's awesome and i love that but for me who i've always been is an art teacher and so i just had to realize that 
I feel like in my business, I had been taking what I, who I am and then always finding ways to connect it to business. Like I would go out of my way to just connect everything to business. And I think at the end of the day, it made my messaging a little confusing, if I'm being honest. So now I get the joyous task of de-businessifying seven years worth <laughs> of content. <laughs> and, um, and I think everything is just landing a lot better for me. And I know that if it lands better for me, I'm going to make so much more money than I would doing something that's not the right fit for me. So if you're business coaching because you think it's what's going to make you more money than what you actually truly want to do, I would challenge that and say, when you do what is yours, you're going to make more money than you ever could doing something that's not actually aligned. Yeah. I love that. You're not going to be feeling so drained as you show up for your work. Yeah, totally. And it's kind of funny to move to this after what you just said. So not to connect everything you do to business and not to make your book about business. But honestly, as I was reading it, I was like, oh, I think that this is actually really going to help me as I'm exploring what is my truth and what do I want my life to look like and what do I want my business to look like? Because like, I don't... And you you talk about this at the beginning of the book. So anyone who hears me say, say this and you're like, same, this is how I feel. It sounds like the book is for you because I'm like, I'm not like a singer. I'm not a painter. I can't draw. And I'm sure I could learn some of these things a little better. But I always thought like, I am just like not, there's no part of me that's artistic. Like, but I do feel like a lot of my business has been my art and my content, but has it gotten lost? (laughs) You know, trying to do what other people are doing totally. And so because my audience is business owners, like I would say mostly, but Fully. <laughs> I think it's a great conversation to have. Like, I just think that your work and your book can help them. And I'm excited for you to reach more people. But one thing you said, I had a couple quotes, literally just from the very beginning of your book. I was like, this is so good. This is so good. But you said, like, speaking of art and creativity, you said, my life is my greatest masterpiece. And I was like, okay, that I can get behind because that I feel the same way about. And I'm really excited to explore more of like, not how to make it better, but like how to make it more me, how to make make it it more more you. Yeah. Yes. I love all of what you're sharing. And you, you answered your own question, which is that creativity in this book. And for me is about more than just the traditional mediums. It's about more than drawing, painting, dancing, music, the things that we typically think of when we think of creativity Granted, I love all those things too. However, that's not the only way that my or your art shows up. I use examples of people who are chefs, the way you parent your kids, the way you connect with your friends, the way you build community, the way you do your yoga practice, the way you structure your self-care. These are all opportunities to be and make creative choices. And I love also what you said about how this could help people who are feeling this misalignment in their business. So the book talks about your creative mission. And I think that every single one of us has a purpose on this planet. It's why we incarnated as a soul onto this planet. There's a place where our creativity intersects with the impact that we're here to make. And I think what happens in the coaching industry is we get disconnected from that because we're just learning the tactics of how to grow a coaching business. But you're so much more than that, obviously. And if 
it, that's why there's always going to be this longing. I believe when we don't know what our creative mission is, we're searching for it until we find it. And when we don't have that, we're feeling the longing for it. So what is the solution? If you ask me, it's always going to be creativity for pretty much any problem that you have. I'm going to say the same thing. But in this case, part of the issue that I see is that people are emulating everybody else. People mm -hmm. are trying to be what this person is doing or this person because we want so much to be successful. And if it works for them, maybe just maybe it'll work for me too. So what I think this book will help you do is create success for yourself and find your own expression. So you're no longer going to be looking outwards at everybody else, but you're going to be doing your creative practices to figure out who you are. And I'm not saying it's so that you can go and become a creativity teacher or whatever, but it's the creative practices are for you to get to know yourself. I use creativity for self-actualization all the time. Even when I was business coaching, I would pull out the art supplies and just say, okay, go. And then people would have conversations and people would be creating. And there's all sorts of ways that you can learn more about what your subconscious is really asking for through your creative practices. So I would say if you can figure out what your expression is as an artist, it's going to help everything you do, but most especially your business, because we want your brand to stand out and be unique and not be a replica of everybody else, because clearly that's not working. Mm -mm. Oh my gosh. This is where it really starts speaking my language, like not emulating other people, breaking the rules, doing it your own way. And I know it feels so hard to tap into that for so many people because that's not what you're, you're seeing. This strategy is the best. This is the most profitable business. So this, noise is, everywhere. this is how you're successful. Yeah. A lot of noise. And so that's where I can really start to see what this book will bring for me and for other people. So, um, you're one step ahead of me, which is where I wanted to finish, which is like finding your creative mission. What does that mean? That literally, because that's what I'm about to go into next in the book. So <laughs> you explained it perfectly and now I'm really excited for it. So everyone needs to go grab the book. It's definitely on Amazon. That's where I got it. And we will link to it and have the name written out for you so you can find it very easily. I also um, got a bunch of bonuses on my page. So when you buy the book, oh, cool. it comes with a whole bunch of cool stuff, including a creativity calendar that you can print out and it has a little five minute creative prompt for every day. I love that. Everyone can get the book. Do it with me. Yeah, let's <laughs> all do it together. Oh, I'm starting a book club too on Tuesday. Yay. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's perfect. Join us. I love it. <laughs> oh my gosh. So cool. Thank you so much for this amazing conversation about the book and about um, your journey that you're on right now and just the transparency as well is really, really great. It's always so real getting to talk to you. And I appreciated this conversation so much. It definitely helped me see um, new applications for the power of creativity. So I'm super excited for you. I really can't wait for this new, more tailored version of your incredible brand that impacts so many people. So I know we're going to get to see the most exciting sides of you in the coming months. So I'm really excited for that. Oh my gosh. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. All right, everyone. Well, I hope you enjoyed and I'll talk to you in the next episode. Bye guys. Bye.